tonight we want to be looking at the life in Christ. Hallelujah. We are looking at the life in Christ. The life in Christ. Go with me to the book of Genesis. Go with me to the book of Genesis. The chapter number... Genesis chapter number 5. Genesis chapter number 5. From the verse number 1, I read. It says, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him male and female, created he them. And blessed them and called their name Adam. He blessed them and called their name Adam. Adam is not the name of a man. Adam is the name of the two entities that form humanity. The man and the woman. So inside the man was the woman. He blessed them. Then what? He in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. Hallelujah. He began set and he lived 930 years. Praise the Lord. Well, I want us to also look at Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter 1. We'll read from the verse number 26 and God said let us make man in our own image God said let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb, every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. Take note of the word seed, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat and it was so and God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good 
and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Praise the Lord. Were the sixth day. Then jump to chapter 2. From the verse number 18. Then the scripture said, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. If alone is your Bible, take note and underline the word alone. Because I'm coming to it in a moment. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he will call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead of inside thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now, which means before then he was looking for a now, a now experience. He says, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. That is a man with a womb because she was taken out of man. So Adam understood that woman was taken out of what? Man. Wow. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife and were not ashamed. Jump to chapter 3. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Now from verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any subtle, I beg your pardon, than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman, and the woman said unto the serpent, And a woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Not knowing good from evil. Knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, to make one wise. Now take note that in chapter 3, the trees there are not physical trees. These are spiritual entities. These are figurative, this is a figurative language. Different from chapter 2, where it talks about the herbs of the ground. But this one is talking about trees. Because there are there is no tree that makes one wise. At least up until now that we have lived on earth, we have never seen a tree that when you eat its fruit, it makes a man wise. So that tells you that it's a figurative language. And also, we also know that as at the time Moses was writing this, Moses was not there. 
Moses was took this out of revelation. So the scripture needs interpretation. The scripture needs interpretation. So when it talks about the food was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thou shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his hair, his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now so we see here that man had come under the estranged influence. And the man that was created here in the garden was called Adam. Now, I have told you before, and I want to say it again, that the Adam in the garden was a type and a shadow of God's redemptive work and of God's dealing with humanity. So Adam in the garden was a type, was a shadow, of God's divine purpose, God's divine plan, God's agenda concerning the earth and the agenda or the agenda, his agenda concerning the cosmos or the earth or the age or, or, or the, I beg your pardon, the cosmos, which is the arrangement of the earth. Now, Satan, who had been cast down from heaven and cast onto the earth, now became who used to be the vice regent of the earth or of the cosmos, decided that, wow, God has created a man in his likeness and has formed a man in his, in his wanted to form a man in his likeness, but wanted to also create that man in his image. He said, no, we need to interrupt the agenda of heaven. Now, when Satan went after the first man, the prototype that was created, take note, this prototype was a man that was earthy. Adam, the prototype, was earthy. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the first Adam was earthy. In other words, he had nothing spiritual in him. All he had in him was earthy. All he had in him was sensual. But God had programmed 
that this prototype will take on or this man that was born uh, created out of the humus humus simply means the earth the man the humanity comes from humus or the word humus which means that comes from what the earth this man will take on now the man that was born humus was completely earthy completely had everything earthy everything was just natural about him but he needed the nature of god which is also called the likeness of god the spiritual aspect of god to come into him then he would assume the nature of divinity or assume the nature of mortality hallelujah so adam that was created was not mortal but he was humus but needed the nature of god hallelujah needed the nature of god in him so that he can also operate he can operate as what as god or be in the god kind or the god class and so god puts a tree in the middle of the garden which i preached before that he would partake of the tree of life in which he has put his divine life his spiritual life take note i told you that in the garden in chapter 3 the trees there are not natural trees these are spiritual entities spiritual realities that is why the scripture says in revelations in the book of revelations that we shall also eat of the fruit of what the tree of life how would we eat of the tree of life in heaven everything in heaven is heavenly everything in heaven is spiritual so if we are going to eat of the tree the bible says in 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 the heavenly jerusalem in the middle in the midst of it is a tree of life that brings healing to the nations how would that tree be a physical tree and yet be in a spiritual atmosphere it simply tells you that the tree of life was not physical but what spiritual and so adam was supposed to eat of this tree and by the time he finishes eating of this tree the nature of god would have entered into him but guess what adam did adam decided to listen to a foreign entity and this foreign entity was satan and satan was the personification of sin somebody will ask what is sin sin is simply the transgression of god's divine law sin is the breaking of god's divine agenda god's divine plan god's divine purpose so anytime god puts an instruction in place and one breaks it or one does not believe what god has spoken that person has sinned and sin did never used to exist sin never existed sin existed from satan in actual fact satan was the manufacturer of sin now somebody will say what sin did satan manufacture was it maybe fornication was it adultery was it lies what particular sin did satan manufacture and that is a mystery the reason is simple because that if you look for that sin you will never find it that is why he is called the man of what the man of sin he is called is called the mystery of it's called the mystery of iniquity the mystery of iniquity simply means sin was a mystery 
Sin never existed. Satan took sin, brought sin out of inside him. Satan created sin inside him and brought that sin out. And that became sin. Now somebody will ask, then what is that sin? I'll tell you. What Satan did was Satan decided to move against God's programming of the cosmos. God's agenda concerning the cosmos. God's plan and purpose. He decided to bring chaos to God's agenda, God's cosmos, so that everything that God had planned will not go according to God's plan. I'll give you an example. God told the man, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Now, what Satan did was that after he put everything out of course and, 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 and Adam also believed that lie and took into him that sin. That sin had a seed in the sin. The seed of that sin is called death. The seed of Satan's sin is death. So Satan brought sin in a seed form. Zoprakatalabadosha. Romans chapter 5, if you have your Bible. Romans chapter 5. From the verse number 12, I read. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. So sin never used to be in the world. Sin entered into the world. Now, how did sin enter into the world? Sin entered into the world when when when, when, when Adam decided to take into himself the seed of Satan, he asked, did God say that when you people eat this fruit, you will die? They said, no, God did not say, God says, we, yeah, well, when we eat of this fruit, we shall surely die. Hallelujah. He says, when we eat of this fruit, we shall surely die. He said, wow. Uh, I can tell you I have news. You will not surely die, except that your eyes will be open. He said, really? Our eyes will be open? Yes, your eyes will be open. And when your eyes are open, you will know good and evil. So the sin of Satan was invented by Satan. But the sin of Adam was not invented by Adam. Adam just simply took the nature of Satan into himself. And so by virtue of taking the nature of Satan into himself, hence Satan's sin is what we call, when, when because Satan invented his own sin, or the sin that Satan created, it is called eternal death. This is the reason why Satan can never and will never ever be able to repent. The reason why Satan can never and will never be able to repent is because Satan died eternally. The moment he sinned, he died eternally. Eternal death does not, can never be reversed. The reason is the moment you die eternally, it is an eternal death. It is, it is death with judgment. It is death with what? Judgment. Now, he wanted man to also experience eternal death. And how did he want man to experience eternal death? He, through subtlety, which he took through the serpent, 
he ministered a word to the woman. The seed of the word, the woman received it into herself and believed. So the fruit they actually ate were words. They believed the words and as they ate the words, the words began to take hold of their heart. That is why Jesus said in the Gospels, that where does all the adultery and all the things and the fornication and all the problems come from? The lies and everything. He says it comes from what? The heart of the man. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the man what? Speaketh. So he's talking about words. He says, by your words you shall be judged. By your words you shall be what? Condemned. So when they received the word of Satan, what happened was that the nature of Satan entered them. But what Adam experienced was not eternal death. What Adam experienced was what we call spiritual death. So Adam experienced spiritual death, but Satan experienced what? Eternal death. Eternal death is without repentance. But spiritual death can be augmented, can be rescued. And the way to rescue spiritual death is through what? Through eternal life. Hallelujah. So Satan never had a chance for redemption, never had a chance for repentance, but the man that was created had a chance to repent. Hallelujah. So hence Satan's sin resulted into what we call what? Eternal death. And the final destination of eternal death, let me show you in Revelations 20. Revelations chapter 20. Oh, glory be to God. Verse 10. Revelations 20, the verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them. So take note, the instrument of Satan has always been what? Deception. And the, the, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hallelujah. Forever and ever. He shall be tormented forever and ever. Now listen to the verse number 14. Um, let me read from verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Or the book of what we call eternal life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. That means anybody that died and went to hell and anybody that died and that, 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 that was under the captivity and the stronghold of death, they will all stand before God to be judged. Hallelujah. And what is the judgment? It is a judgment towards eternal damnation. Now, which simply means that eternal damnation was not made for the man. It was made for Satan and the beast and all that he had deceived. When a man falls into the deception of Satan, that man and decides not to accept the redemptive work of Christ that comes to augment it, that comes to augment the spiritual death, the state in which Adam, the first Adam was, that man experiences what we call eternal damnation. So when a man dies 
and the man did not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, they are going to stand before the King of Glory and they will be judged with Satan and sent to the same place that they were not supposed to go to before. Hallelujah. Because of what? Because of the deception of Satan and the rebellion of Satan. And that rebellion that has been passed on to humanity. This is why as believers, we cannot just stay aloof. If we are going to a place that is a better place, and we are going to heaven, a place that we know is a place for those that will rest in Christ, then it makes it important or it becomes an important agenda on our behalf to be concerned about those around us, not to make them go to that same place that Satan, through deception, is taking a lot of people to. Hallelujah. This is why we must preach the gospel. This is why we must tell people. This is why we must warn and we must let people know that there is what is called eternal damnation. And that eternal damnation is coming for all men. Every man that does not receive Christ as their Lord and personal Savior is going to this place. He says, according to their works, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell. Death is a spirit under Satan. Hell is also a spirit under Satan. Now, so when people die temporarily, when they go to hell, where they go to, they are tormented. It's a place of torment, but that is not the final destination. When people die without Christ, they go to that place called hell or that place called darkness and the place where they are eaten by worms and where there is gnashing of teeth. But it doesn't stop there. The scripture says that after the consummation of time, and the fulfillment of all things. The scripture says, and after the man of sin, the scripture talks about in Thessalonians about the man of sin. The man of sin is actually sin becoming a man. The man of sin is sin becoming a man. Just like God, who is a mystery. The Bible says in, 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 in First, First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of what? Godliness. The mystery of godliness, the mystery of all ages, was that God reached out into himself and brought out of himself, himself a son. And he caused this, the world. And this son was the one that came in flesh. We call it the incarnation. Now, as much as God brought this mystery out, Satan also, the Bible calls him the mystery of iniquity. That man, that man called the Antichrist, will be called the, the mystery of iniquity. It, 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 he, he, if you think that killing or, or, or maiming people or even tormenting people physically, is anything that you can ever think of. Wait until that man of iniquity is revealed. Wait until the man, or he's called the man of sin, or he's also called what? The, it's called the mystery of iniquity, which simply means that it is not something you will understand. This personality is actually sin. Satan himself will become a man and will become the antichrist and will fight everything that is Christ and he will torment men that is why you and I must be on the first flight. We can't miss the rapture. Are you hearing me? We can't miss the rapture. We must put on, this mortality must put on what? Immortality. And we will be changed 
and be like him. And the Bible says, those that are dead in Christ, they shall also what? Resurrect. They shall rise. And we shall put on immortality, those that are mortal and alive, and we shall be joined together with him. That is what is called the first, first flight. Don't miss it. Hallelujah. It's the first flight that you must not miss. Because when the man of iniquity is revealed, it's called the man of sin, the mystery of iniquity. The abomination of all ages. What we are seeing now is so small compared to what will be revealed. Hallelujah. So Satan as well will bring about a man, sin, that will become a man. Put on, so he is not an ordinary man. He is a man. The Antichrist will not be an ordinary man. He is a man, but he is, it is actually sin himself that has put on flesh. Just like Christ put on flesh. So Christ putting on flesh is called a mystery. Satan putting on flesh, sin putting on flesh will also be called a mystery. The mystery of all ages. Hallelujah. It says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Manifested in the flesh. John 1, 14 says, and the word. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. That word there simply means God in manifesting his presence, in manifesting to solve the sin problem and to solve the spiritual death problem and to reverse spiritual death and to give men eternal life. God himself has to become the word. The word became what? Flesh dwelt among men and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. It's called the seed. So the word of God, who is also all or totally God, is the seed. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23 says, We are born again, not of what? The corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. So the man that is born again took in the seed. The seed is called the seed of the word. And the seed of the word is not just, it's not just spoken word. It is Christ himself. Christ himself. Christ himself. He stepped into flesh. And I will explain that in a moment. Let me not go ahead of myself. Hallelujah. So the sin of Adam is called what? Spiritual death. And that sin is reversible. The only way to reverse that sin is when Christ comes. Hallelujah. So after Adam took sin into him, sin and Satan became king over the man and over every man that came after the similitude of Adam. So in Genesis chapter 5, we see that Adam gave birth to a son in his own likeness. In what likeness? The fallen nature likeness. In the nature of the fallen man. Not in the, in the likeness of God, but in the likeness of what? Adam, the fallen man. After that, God didn't need to kill any man. If you thought God needed to kill any man because man had fallen, no. That sin that entered into Adam became the killer. That was what was killing men. God didn't, didn't need to curse any man. Man had already come under the curse. That sin that came into man. 
So Adam introduced sin into humanity. Hallelujah. Adam introduced what? Sin into humanity. After God, after that, like I told you, God didn't need to kill any man. That sin began to kill men. So they began to live. They lived for so many years, but they became conscious of their mortality, their, their mortality, and then they started dying. The moment they became conscious of their mortality, they started dying. After that, God didn't need to kill them. They died anyhow. After that, sin became that death that was destroying man. It will kill you anyway. You don't, God didn't need to do anything. God didn't need to curse man. Man was already cursed because that sin became the curse. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, the verse number 12. We were reading that before. Romans 5, the verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So I told you before that Satan's nature was sin. Or that what was was what was sin, and it had the seed of what death in it. So death was the seed inside the nature, and it will kill him any man. And so death passed upon what all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude. Of Adam's transgression. And that's what I explained earlier on. Adam's transgression was different from every other man's transgression. What Adam did, Adam's transgression was that he imported sin into humanity because he was the progenitor, the first man, the prototype, the prototype of all men. So he injected sin into all of humanity. He infested sin into all of humanity. That was his transgression. That is what the scripture means by the transgression of Adam. And that was different from every other man's transgression. Now, because of that sin nature, it caused men to sin anyhow. So the fruits or the, the manifestation of that sin nature was what other men began to manifest. So he says the law which is the law of Moses, was introduced. God brought that law to demonstrate his, 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 what sin has actually done to humanity. So when you sin, the Bible says, the man, the soul that sinneth shall what? Die. So the law made sure or showed man that because you have done this, the end result of what you have done is death. So the law was a pointer to what will what has actually happened in the garden. The law actually showed man that this is what will happen. They showed man that the manifestation of death that they experience in the garden, this is actually how it is coming. This is actually how it is developing. It is demonstrating itself in everything else. And so when the law was introduced, it was to show man the extent of how fallen they have become so script the scripture says in the verse number 14 nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses the word reign there means king death began to king over men began to rule over men from adam to moses 
even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of what Adam's transgression. I've explained that already. Transgression is also a manifestation of sin, the original sin. Praise God. And another day we shall talk about what transgression, what iniquity is and all that. Who is the figure of him? that was to come take note i said what is a figure of what him that was to come so the first adam like i told you before was a figure was a prototype was a shadow the shadow can never be compared to the real when the real comes the shadow gives way praise the lord hallelujah now but not as the offense so also is a free gift for if through the offense of one many be dead much more the grace of god and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is a gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. So what Jesus did, or the manifestation of Jesus in the flesh, was to bring an end to spiritual death. To bring an end to what Satan has set in motion. I told you earlier on, that what Satan did was to set in motion something that was contrary to the arrangement of God's cosmos. So everything that was arranged, he started working against it. So now men can now see men and desire men. Now a woman can see a woman and desire a woman. That was, that was how Satan perverted the cosmos, the arrangement of things. And today we can, when we, what we like, we can become. And when we want it, then we can get the government to endorse how we want to live and how we want to become. We have become kings over ourselves. Sin is reigning. And this has become the nature of men in the world. And the scripture calls them men that are rebellious, men of perverse nature. Praise the Lord. So Satan has set into motion something that is working against the natural arrangement of what God has put in place. So for example, God told the man be fruitful and multiply. What Satan did by virtue of introducing sin is to work against fruitfulness, is to work against replenishment, is to work. That's why people, the earth was not made for people to suffer lack and want. But because of what Satan did, set people into, into, set everything against what God has put in place. So the abundance of God that God put into the earth, the earth has now become the predominance of a few. So dog eats dog in the world. So the man that knows how to work the world system becomes the champion in the world. He becomes the one that has means. And, and, and so you have one man that has so much means that he can never spend in all of his lifetime. And others are also suffering. Why? Because of what Satan has set in motion. Satan has set in motion something that is contrary to the arrangement of God's cosmos. God's cosmos was originally in abundance. It was originally in, in multiplication. It was originally in, 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 in increase. Now, he has set in motion things to work against even the fruitfulness of men. That's why any time you see a man and a woman that cannot produce, what Satan is saying is that I have fought against your system of reproduction, your system of multiplication. And so Satan is sending a sentence. 
a word to God to say, I have set things against you. This is what Christ came to do, to, to change everything over. Today, I speak into your life that everything that Satan has, 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 has touched tonight by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, let there be a, re a restoration in the name of Jesus. Because uh, as, as, as Christ came, uh, we will look at that in a moment. What Christ brought is not just what we call abundant life. He brought what we call eternal life. Eternal life simply means a restoration. Eternal life simply means that the life of God superimposing on the natural, superimposing upon the physical. And so the supernatural hand of God is working now through Christ. And that is why the scripture makes us understand that all things are in Christ now, in Christ and in him alone. Praise God. In the, Hallelujah. So what are we saying? What we are saying is that when Satan came, Satan needed to, Satan brought about something that brought decay, something that brought about a, a decay of God's cosmos. A corruption of God's cosmos and Christ as the incarnate had to come to bring what we call eternal life now eternal life is not just abundant life John 10 10 says the thief cometh not but to steal to kill and to destroy but Christ came he says I have come that you may have life and have it to overflow the abundant life we are talking about here hmm I'm coming to one of the most important points of tonight's service. The abundant life that God Christ brought is not just eternal life. It's God himself. So the greatest gift God gave to man and gave to you and I as believers is not eternal life. He gave himself to us. Christ is God himself. And the word, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, without him, there was nothing that ever existed. So before time, everything that ever existed and is existing now was always in Christ and then came out of Christ. And when it came out of Christ, Christ now is bringing everything back now into himself hallelujah and so when everything came out of christ the scripture says god said in the garden let us make man in our image in, in, in genesis 1 let us make man in our image and after our likeness what god did was that god brought out of himself the word and as the word came out there was manifestation the manifestation was all that ever existed eternally in god so the scripture makes us understand that we were eternally existing in God. That was the creation part, the spiritual part that was supposed to enter into man through the tree of life, which Adam, 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 Adam refused to eat. Adam refused to eat. And so everything now that used to be in Christ, Christ now had to come as the incarnate, so in John 1, 1, he was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. This word became flesh and dwelt among men. Now, the word becoming flesh here, God had to manifest himself as a seed. As a seed. 
I told you in Genesis chapter 2 that take note of the word seed. God had to manifest himself as a seed. No doubt Christ said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Now, Christ as a seed needed to undergo what we call death or the process of death. Now, the process of death was not cessation of life. Take note in the garden when the scripture said to Adam and Eve, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. What it simply meant was that you will be disconnected from source. So God, as their source, they were disconnected from God as their source. Because they were disconnected from God as their source, what happened? What happened was that um, Adam now became a man that was a God on his own. And because he was a God on his own, Satan now, who is now the God of the man, began to rule over man. Hallelujah. Began to rule over man. And, and so Christ had to come as a seed. And as a seed, he had to undergo a death process. That death was not cessation of life. That death was the beginning of another life. Hallelujah. So when Christ died, he needed to resurrect. The resurrection of his body as the seed was the production of the new creation. Now, the new creation is not a man. It's not only man. The new creation is not only man. It's not only the new man. The new creation was supposed to be the recreation of everything that was in Christ, including the cosmos. Remember, when Satan moved against God's arrangement of the cosmos, he moved against God's arrangement. And so everything in the cosmos is now in disarray. And so when Christ came as the seed, as he resurrected, he had to recreate all things. And all things included the whole of the cosmos. So it is not only a man that was recreated. The whole earth is being recreated. As we see the earth now, it doesn't look like it has been recreated. But it's undergoing a process. That's why the scripture says the creation, the creature and the creation is groaning. For the manifestation of the sons of God. The creation is groaning. Why is it groaning? It's groaning because everything must be put under Christ. But that time has not yet come. Because Satan's lease has not yet what fully elapsed. It needs to elapse for the man of iniquity to be unleashed upon men and upon the earth. And so that he will do his own his full work. He will do his full work. Then after that, everything else that was in this cosmos. The Bible says that this earth shall be rolled away. It shall roll away like a carpet. And everything that is in this earth will roll away. Then the new earth will be rolled in. And that new earth is a new earth in Christ. Hallelujah. It's a new earth in Christ. It's a new earth in Christ. No doubt the man that is born again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. The new Christ, or the new, the new man and the new earth is going to be new. And it's new. Hallelujah. 
Now, the, the, then somebody says, then if we are born again and we are new creations, how come that we still experience all of all of the, the failings and the frailties of, of, of the fallen man? I will explain this. When Christ resurrected, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Matthew 28. He says, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The coming of Christ and, 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 and the new birth, the, 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 the new creation that came out of the resurrection, that came out of death, we came out of death. Then to the believer, when there is a death, it means there is a new life springing forth. To those in the world, when there is a death, it means there is a separation and a cessation of life. But for us, that is why when, when Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, Paul was, this is Paul writing almost at the end of his calling, at the end of, the, uh, coming to the end of his, 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 his journey on earth. He says, I may know him. Then the fellowship of his suffering. He says, there is a need for me to comprehend and understand knowing the word no is not just oh you see somebody say oh no i recognize this person oh i know him no when the scripture talks about knowing in genesis when it says adam knew his wife what it meant was that there was a a a, a, a copulation i want to use big words so that if there are children on the platform they they will not understand what i mean there was a copulation there was an intimacy into me see there was there was there was there was there was a knowing it means adam slept with the wife now for you to know something you need to sleep with the thing hallelujah so when paul says that i may know him and the power of his resurrection he simply meant that I have come to that place where the knowledge I have of Christ is not just recognizing something. You have come to that place of intimacy. Intimacy. So when he talks about the resurrection, we need to know what it is that we have received from the resurrection. That's where I'm going to tonight. And let me leave that alone for a while. Let me talk about... Um, 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 let me talk about... Um, I, 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 I was talking about the resurrection, but also, I also want to talk about the life in Christ. So what we received is new life, a new birth. That new birth or the eternal life, what it did was it brought an end to spiritual death. It brought an end to spiritual death. And how did it bring an end? When a man recognizes or gets to that place where he comes to know the Lord. And to know the Lord means you have come into intimacy. Intimacy. To, you have come to a place of copulation with the Lord. A place of intimacy. A place of intimacy. And that place of intimacy is supposed to happen in three dimensions. That's why he told them that go teach them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It simply means that God, they must have an understanding, a revelation, a knowing of God, who God is. Have a knowing of God, 
their relationship with God must not be that of just a few of the characteristics and the nature of God. But we must come to that place of the maximum load, the fullness of God. That place where we have all of the totality of God. We are immersed in all of the totality of God. It's called a baptism. Baptizing. The word baptize it simply means to, 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 to bring somebody into an immersion. The word immersion, the Bible says in the, in, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were coming from Egypt, they were baptized unto Moses. To be baptized unto Moses means they were so immersed into the teaching of Moses, such that Moses became, they became so intimate with Moses. To be baptized means to be immersed. But to be immersed is not just literal. It also means that they were, they were pushed into the teachings of Moses. The teachings of Moses. So when we say to baptize them in the name of the Father, it means that men must come to that place where they have come to know God as their Father. Not just by knowledge, by, 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 by head knowledge, but there is an experience of all of the nature of God. All of the fullness of God. All of the character of God. And so the Old Testament just gave us glimpses of God's character. God's, but the full revelation of God's character, Christ came and he revealed it. The Bible says, he says, he that is in the bosom of the father, he has revealed him. What did he reveal about the father? He revealed the love of the father to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that men will see God not just as one man that is vengeful. The law made God look like a man that was angry, that was after men to kill them, that was after men to destroy them. The law made it look like God will only kill you sharp, sharp the moment you do something wrong. But that law was only showing what has actually happened in the death that came through Adam and sin. But when we are baptized into God, what it simply means is that we are baptized into the Father. We have come into an intimacy and knowledge with the Father. We are baptized into the Son. The Son here is the seed. It means that we have taken in the seed. The seed of Christ has entered into us. This is how a man becomes born again. So our experience with God is an experience that must be in three dimensions. It's an experience. So when God wanted to reveal himself to man, he revealed to man himself to man in a seed form. But the seed is, 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 is going to be potential. So we, for us to understand the full ramification of God, that seed, which was God the Son, had to undergo what we call death. Unless a seed dies, it abides what alone. So the seed called Christ had to undergo death. And out of that death, there was what we call the resurrection. When he resurrected, we read the other time in 1 Corinthians 15, that every seed that dies, when it comes forth, it puts on what? A new body. Because every seed has its own body. When Christ resurrected, Christ resurrected with a new body. And that new body is what he he entered into us. Now, what does that mean? It means God became man. God became what? 
man. First Timothy 2 5, the scripture makes us understand there is only one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. Verse 6. Who gave himself what? A ransom for all. So Christ, as a man, he put on what? As God, he completely became man. Now, so the revelation of being baptized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is so that we will not miss any of the nature of God. So God as the Father, we will fully comprehend and experience God, the divine life, the nature of God as a Father, the loving heart of God as a Father. But as the seed, we will also experience the resurrection life and resurrection. The Bible says, as we have been baptized into his death, so shall we also have be resurrected with him. And we have resurrected with him. So when Christ came as a seed, we needed to experience the resurrection life, the death life. But when he died, he came back alive. So that you as well, your new birth came out of death. We came out of death. Hallelujah. And out of death, a new life came forth. Out of death, a new life came forth. And this new life is in Christ. He's called the seed of God. God, the seed. And the God, the seed. First Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed, or the sperma of the word of God, that liveth and what abideth forever. The seed of God in the spirit of a man causes that man to abide forever. Is called eternal life. It's the quality of life. It's God giving himself to us. So the greatest gift God gave to us was himself in the form of the Father, in the form of the Son. But that will not be enough. In the, in the form of the Son, he resurrected with an incorruptible body. But we needed to experience the divine life of God. The miraculous life. What caused that death-doomed body in the grave to come alive? And the only way we could experience that is through the Holy Spirit. And so he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So when the Holy Ghost came as our down payment, the Holy Ghost is also the recreating factor in the life of the believer. The Holy Ghost is the one that causes the life of Christ to come alive, to be alive in the believer. The Holy Ghost in the heart of the believer is what causes that man to stay alive. To stay alive. Romans 8, 11 makes us understand. It says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, the death-doomed body, the body of Christ that became sin, and because of that, became corrupted, died. The Bible says, if that same spirit that rose Christ, so you see, when the resurrection took place, I, I believe I've taught you this before, that when the resurrection took place, all of the forces of heaven, all of the investment of heaven, all of the power and the miraculous power of God was invested into raising Christ as the new creation because the new creation was not just creating a man, but the whole of the cosmos that have gone out of place is also being recreated. And every man that receives Christ and the work, the redemptive work of Christ also receives a recreation. We became recreated in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Adam brought sin into humanity. The human body of Christ took on sin and became and produced a new life. That new life became our nature. And when we partook of that nature, we also partook of the divine. I want to read my last scripture tonight in First Peter. Holy Kleko Komana Klan Sotoya. Zili Biatoza. Langle Koshikleketa. I want to read, I want to read. Um, so the seed of the woman was also the seed of Abraham. This seed was Christ. He was the mystery of the ages. And the word which was a seed became flesh. But take note of this. When the seed entered into us, the scripture makes us understand that we became new. We did not just become new. Something happened to us. It's called glory. Glory. We came out of death. And out of the death came glory. Glory is all of the manifestation, the fullness, and the totality of God. So God, the full manifestation of the divine life. So when we became born again, we experienced all of the divine nature. God as God. God as the Son, as the resurrected and the glorified Christ. God as the Holy Spirit. This is the life we have in Christ. This is what is called the Christ life. And this Christ life, even though Christ is seated in heaven, the scripture makes us understand that we are also seated in heaven. Let me say this, very important, and I want you to take note of this. Our existence is in another realm. We don't exist even in the spiritual. Neither do we exist in the physical. We exist in a person and a place called Christ. That's our realm of existence. And it's not a literal, it's not, it's not a, a figurative sense. It's not in a spiritual sense. It's the literal sense. We live in him. We move in him. We walk in him. In him we live. In him we have our being. It didn't say in him we have our death. In him we have our life. In him we have our being. I speak life to somebody. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So something needed to happen to that seed. That is what happened. Death. And out of that death, life came. And I have that life. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3. The scripture reads, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Through the knowledge of God. And I've explained what the knowledge of God means. simply means. It means to have an intimacy. Not with just God as Christ, but God as the Father. But God as the Son. And God as the Holy Spirit. Our relationship, tomorrow I'll talk more about our relationship with God as the Holy Spirit. What it does to us in our life in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. According as his divine power. So this is how we experience God. We experience God as the Father. We experience Christ Jesus as our Lord. And then we also experience the divine power of the Holy Spirit. He says, and through what? 
and, and, and according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. We have been called to glory. We have been called to virtue. Hallelujah. We have been called to glory. We have been called to virtue. What does that mean? That simply means that the divine power which is manifested through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life causes everything that is death doomed to come alive. Causes everything that is dying in your body to come alive. Causes sicknesses that are in your body to come alive. So in the realm of the spirit, there is nothing like death to the believer. There is nothing like death to the believer. There is nothing that causes that 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 that, that there is no no remedy for in the realm of the spirit. Why? Because we walk by faith. We live by faith. By that same faith, we live and enjoy the divine life. The divine life flows through us. Hallelujah. There is no sickness that is incurable to the believer. Are you hearing me, somebody? There is no, there is nothing that is that is that is out of course that you can never remedy as the believer. As the believer, as you walk in Christ, as you live in Him, your health blossoms, your life blossoms, your life begins to take on a new, a new, a new, a new, a new surge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3. I'll read from the verse number one. It says, For this cause, I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 3 from verse 1. Of Jesus Christ, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you what? How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. The mystery is the revelation of Christ. Hallelujah. The mystery is the revelation of Christ. It's what Satan did not know. He did not know what will what will hit him. But when Christ came, he came as a seed, the seed of Abraham. And as a seed of Abraham, he went through death. Satan thought but that by killing him, he would have finished it. But what he did not know is that the, the greatest part of the mystery is the resurrection. Paul never even understood it, the full ramification of the resurrection. To, to live the resurrected life is something else. It is not just having eternal life everlasting. It is living in the reality of the same power that rose Christ from the grave. If that same power is at work in you, it causes your death doomed body to receive life. I say receive life. It causes everything you touch to receive life and be blessed. I say receive life. Your life in Christ is a blessing. Your life in Christ is a blessing. Let no man see you and pity you. The man in Christ is not an ordinary man. You carry the nature of God. You carry the divinity of God. You are divine. The Bible says that the divine put on flesh. That when he put on flesh... That was just the first part of it. The second part of that leg was that the man that has put on flesh, God that put on flesh, now is now bringing us, the human, to now put on the divine. By virtue of putting on the divine, the journey of putting on the divine is what is called glorification. The journey of putting on the divine is called what? Glorification. When he came to die, he died in shame. He resurrected in what? In glory. Death brings shame. But when he resurrected, he resurrected in glory. And the scripture makes us understand in Hebrew that he has brought many sons to glory. I'm a child of glory. Glory. I'm a child of glory. Glory means all of the beauty of God. 
Glory means all of, of, of divinity expanded towards humanity to make all of the beauty of God to radiate in your life. It radiates on your flesh. It radiates in everything you do. It radiates even in your body. It radiates around you. It radiates in your health. Health, your health blossoms. It radiates in your finances. You must not be a child of pity. You are a child of glory. I carry glory. Are you hearing me? You must not be a child that is suffering financially. Ah, somebody says, but can't we suffer financially? You suffer only for a moment. But after a while, when the glory of God hits your life, there is nothing in the glory that dies. Everything in the glory comes alive. The Bible says when the glory, just that glory that passes away, came upon Moses, everything on his body started shining and radiating the life of God. That same glory, we have received a better glory. That glory is inside us. I'm a child of glory. I walk in glory. I manifest the glory. The glorified life is at work in me. I live the glorified life. I don't live the life of pity. Listen to this. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you what? How that by the revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my sunnesses, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Christ is that mystery. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. So Elijah didn't know this. David had glimpses of it. Elisha didn't know this. Ezekiel didn't know this. But now it has been made known to me. I need to know this. You need to know this. So that we can walk in the glory. Hallelujah. The glory of the risen Lord. He died in shame. He resurrected in glory. I see your life glorified. Which in other ages was not made unto, unto men. As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promises. What? Partakers of the promises. Partakers of the promises. Now I want to read the last and the big one and then we close. Simon, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and what and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to what to glory and virtue. The Bible says that we have become partakers, partakers of his divine nature. And if you have become a partaker, of the divine partaker of the divine what it simply means is that we are now not just partaking of uh, the life of Christ oh I'm born again no 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 it means this it means that now we have the divine life and what the divine life does to you is causes you to walk in victory I declare to you tonight that the life of Christ is a life of victory. Is a life of victory. Is a life of victory. We are partakers of his divine nature. The Bible says that we live in heavenly places, far above. What it simply means is that our existence is not in the physical. 
is not even in the spiritual. In the spiritual, we collide with demons and angels, but we live in Christ. Our existence is in Christ. This is where we live. In Christ, there is nothing like lack and want. In Christ, there is nothing like poverty. In Christ, there is nothing like shame. In Christ, there is nothing like weakness and pain. In Christ, there is nothing, nothing that hinders us. Hallelujah. I see somebody raining. I see you are raining. We are partakers of the divine. Partakers of the divine means that we partake of his glorified life. The glorified life is a life of glory. Hallelujah. It's a life of glory. It's the life of glory. It's the life of glory. The last Adam, when he came, he brought glory. He did not bring death. He brought glory. He put an end to death and everything that Satan represented in the life of men. And you and I are dispensers of life. I dispense life. I say I dispense life. I dispense life. I dispense life. And the glory is manifesting. The glory is manifesting. The mystery of it all, I want to say this and then I close tonight, is this. Somebody says, but you are manifesting the glory, yet you are suffering with all of all the frailties of humanity. That's the mystery. That is why Christ became man. The reason why Christ became man, God becoming man, is that he took on flesh so that in his divinity, as we, eh, we partake of the divine, as we are partaking of the divine, in the process of partaking of the divine, even though we may have all the failings and the frailties of the human, of the humors in our life, the spiritual, the, the, the Holy Ghost in our life will be quickening and causing a life to come alive. So even though this flesh may be, may, we may be going through all the perplexities and the conflicts of life. That is why sometimes some, I mean, believers will say, look, I am born again. You say I have divine life. How come that I have so many complexities? Things are not lining up with what is in scripture. This is the reason. That's what I'm telling you now. This is what you must understand because you carry the nature of God in you. You carry the nature of God. At the same time, you, the nature of God is encased in, in, in the human. The human frailties of, of the flesh will begin to conflict what is what God has put in place in Christ. And so what do you do? You use the life of God in Christ to dominate the human life. This is how we live a life of victory. And it comes by practice. It comes by knowledge. It comes by close intimacy. Intimacy with the Father. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with Christ. And intimacy with the Holy Ghost. This is what I'm preparing us for, for 2021. This conference is not just when I like it, I come. If I don't like it, I don't show up. No, I want you to get ready because I want us to get ready so that when we step into 2021, we are getting ourselves prepared so that we can have closer intimacy for total victory. Hallelujah. Total victory. Total victory. I see you win in 2021. I see you succeed in 2021. I prophesy over your life that life is manifesting in you in 2021. Nothing in your life will fail in 2021. I declare health to you. I declare favor to you. I declare increase to you. In 2021, as you come into close intimacy with the Father, all of the manifestation of the divine will begin to have its effect in your life. You will not walk in shame anymore. You will not walk in weakness anymore. You will walk in victory. In the name of Jesus, this life, this is a life of Christ. 
Christ. The life of Christ is a life of victory. On every stream of the supernatural, the supernatural hand of God will begin to function in your life, function in your health, function in every area of your life, function in your finances. I speak over your life tonight as the prophet of God over your life. I declare over your life, life is ministered to you. Wherever you are struggling with the frailties of the human, I declare to you by the supernatural, receive divine energy. Receive divine energy to dominate sin. Receive divine energy to dominate everything Satan puts in your life. Receive divine energy to dominate everything. Receive divine energy to dominate Satan's schemes, Satan's deception. You will not be deceived. In 2021, you will not walk in the strength, your own strength, but you will walk in the strength of the Holy Ghost. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. You will walk in Him. You will live in Him. You will have your victory in Him. In the name of Jesus, I declare over your life the anointing of God causes you to increase on every side. The anointing of God causes you to manifest on every side. The anointing of God causes you to triumph on every side. The anointing of God causes you to have victory on every side. Everything that is spoken against you right now by the anointing of the Holy Ghost will come against it. We Amen. come against it. I Amen. declare the blessing of God over your life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Amen. Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless Amen. you. Go tonight. Live in the victory of Christ. Live in the victory of Christ. Amen. The seed of God is at work in you. It's Amen. producing in you. Hallelujah. Amen. So even though Amen. you may experience death, it is death towards resurrection. Death Amen. in your body is death towards resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm bringing the service to an end tonight. I want to take our offerings. We want to give to the Lord tonight as we celebrate the Lord for the gift of life and also for the life of God. Tomorrow, we'll be dealing with our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Sunday is the biggest one. Sunday, don't miss it for anything. Sunday, I'll be talking about the blessing, the power of the blessing. Hallelujah. The power of the blessing because I need to pronounce a blessing for over your life into 2021. And the Lord has commanded me to organize this seminar so that I would be able to minister the blessing over your life. Hallelujah. And so don't miss Sunday for anything. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. We're building up. Tomorrow we are going to get into another dimension of this divine life. Our encounter with the supernatural. And how we can walk in the resurrected life through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's get our offerings and let's give to the Lord tonight. If you're on any of the platforms, any of the social media platforms, YouTube, um, on Zoom with us or on Facebook, take an offering. The, 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 the details will be put on, on the screen somewhere, whatever. You'll be able to get it and you'll be able to give tonight let's give and celebrate the lord for the word of god hallelujah praise god praise god hallelujah praise god amen praise god hallelujah praise god amen all right we want to give unto the lord tonight as we celebrate him and we honor him tonight Lift up your offering or your gadgets, whatever whatever you're using to give tonight as I pray over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your children with the blessings of heaven. I declare in the name of Jesus that they are blessed, they are favored, 
everything that Satan has brought that has worked against concerning their finances is removed in the name of Jesus. Hindrances in their finances are removed. Hindrances in their finances are removed. I declare the ministry of angels to them in their finances. Receive financial help. Receive financial help. Receive financial miracles. Receive financial blessings. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed at all? If you have been blessed, celebrate the Lord. Just lift up your voice and thank him. Just appreciate Hallelujah. To the cosmos. Lord, we appreciate you in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Be blessed tonight as you go to rest. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Shalom. And see you tomorrow, same time, 6 p.m. And we shall have a blast in the Holy Ghost. Don't miss tomorrow and don't miss Sunday. And anybody that is not on the platform, make sure you get them to be part of it. God bless you and good night. Shalom. Did you say bless you? All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless you, Apostle. Bless you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Apostle. Yeah, right. Bye. Bye.